BTB listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Listen, if this episode inspires you, do me a favor, take five seconds to shoot me a like and subscribe to the podcast. There are several more exciting guests that are in the pipeline, and I just can't thank you enough for your continued support, and let's keep paying the mission forward. In today's episode, I sit down with an exciting group called the Evo Sports Collective. It is former athletes, coaches who have come together to ignite the sports community and to push boundaries of human potential and build a better tomorrow. Today's panel guests from Evo Sports includes Barry Robbins, one of the founders who was a world-class athlete, coach, and transformative workshop leader, co-author of Sport Energy and Consciousness, pioneering sports as a tool for personal growth. Also, another founder, Scott Ford, who's a performance specialist and author dedicated to helping athletes reach the zone intentionally and transformationally. Next is Amy Smith, a former professional women's football player who bravely stood up against harassment in sports and sparking change. Tamara Smallwood, who's a nature lover, former skier, and coach and inspiring others to connect and cherish the outdoors. And lastly, Tyler Pazik, who's a pre-performance coach with a track record of enhancing performance for athletes, professionals, and teams. Let's get into it. On today's episode of the BTB Project, today's guest is a collaborative group founded by athletes, coaches, and professionals. They've dedicated their lives for decades to explore human potential, and their vision is to accelerate global evolution of human consciousness through the power of sports. They believe that within the realm of athletics lies the key to unlocking the full potential of body, mind, heart, and soul. The mission is wisdom of flow, sports ideal performance state into a consistently reproducible state that transforms not just your game, but your entire life. Evo Sports Collective, welcome to the BTB Project. Don't be afraid of the dark. Be careful with stars. Not every light is gonna guide you. Baby. Welcome to the BTB Project, designed to empower listeners to identify their why and to live their best lives no matter the circumstances. My name is Coleman Gerhardt, a former athlete and motivational coach. I've had the opportunity to inspire thousands through my story and help accomplish what they are built to be. You'll be encouraged by each and every episode, and let's get into it. Yeah, when I blow up, I'm a sore high like Peter Pan. In real life, be living out my dreams. If I'm waking up, it's in a foreign land. I always say that it's much better to try to do things in life as a group than it is on our own. And today's group that I present to you is organization that I've come across through one of my greatest mentors, and it is a mission and a collaborative that is truly something that resonates with me, and it's a passion that I know is going to resonate with you as the listeners. And today I would like to introduce the Evo Sports Collective. 
I have on a couple of the founders and also individuals that make tremendous impacts within the organization. And today is to make an introduction to Evo. And I'm just really excited to start off with Scott Ford, who I've been able to graciously have on the BTB project. And I would love for you to start how you came across Evo and a little bit more about the mission and how it's impacted you. Sure. Thanks, Coleman. It's nice to be here. Easiest way to talk about how I came across this was that it came across me, David Megacy, who was another of our founders and a former world-class football player for the St. Louis football Cardinals back in the day, had put together, was putting together a group of people that he knew about who were interested in higher consciousness and sport. And I happened to be uh, on his radar somehow, and he gave me a call and told me about what he was trying to do. And I said, boy, count me in. That sounds exactly up my alley. It's just exactly what I like to do. And that's when for me back in, I guess, 2010 or even before or a little after that 2012, that this got started. And so I found a home more than anything else within Evo Sports Collective, which back then was called Sports Energy and Consciousness. And together with some of the other people who are, one of us on this line, um, on this call, Barry Robbins, we have um, kept this Sports Energy and Consciousness group going until it has changed over into Evo Sports Collective. And we've got some really interesting people who've come along along the way. And some of them are on this call as well. So that's the short story. No, I appreciate that. And it's amazing, Scott, how forehands and backhands have connected us and your ability to help me get into the zone, not only as a player, but also as a coach that has impacted hundreds and thousands of kids that I've been able to come across. And I'm forever grateful for that. And it's just fun for me to see how your passion towards helping people get into the zone has collaborated so perfectly with an organization like Evo Sports. And alongside that, I do have Barry Robbins as well, who is also one of the founders. And Barry, I'd love for you to speak to your why behind Evo and how you came across the mission. Well, the why and the how are uh, both interconnected, Coleman. So thank you, first off, for hosting us for uh, giving us a voice and, uh, and allowing us to share our message. Like Scott, I was a nationally ranked athlete, and there was an impulse in me to do more. It's about service. Mm. And for many of us, we have what I want to say is the what's it all about, Alfie, moment, where you really go inside and you say, well, this, this is great. I've done so much for myself. But really, is it all about being self oriented, self-centric, or world-centric. How can I serve? And so uh, during that period of time, I got involved in another organization called Integral Transformative Practice, which really, um, I think, uh, has a, a theoretical and philosophical base for much of the stuff that we do with Evo. Yeah. And there really is nothing so powerful as an idea who, uh, whose time has come and that wants to happen. So uh, Scott's right. It was David Megacy and also Rick Leskowitz, who I also met. They're really the two people who generated this organization, brought us together as a community uh, to see what we could do collectively. And why 
uh, and I want to uh, have people understand this. In my life, when I got to that point of the what's it all about Alfie move, moment and how can I best serve, then the next question was the opaya, the skillful means. What's the best way to make a change? Mm. Realizing that of all the things that I've done, in sports, there's over 5 billion people that either watch, play, participate in sports, movement, fitness, exercise. It's all of that. So it scales up dramatically. So in terms of uh, this combination of both personal and social change, that seemed to be the best place to go. So hence, we started this group, and uh, we're still at it. More to come. <laughs> Excellent. No, I love that framework. And alongside of the founders that I have on today, I do have, you know, folks that have, you know, very specific roles within the organization. And I'd love to start with Tyler Pazik, who's part of the peak performance side of Evo Sports and also comes from a little bit of a podcasting background. I'd love for you to speak into the why of, of Evo and some of the role that you play within the organization. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having us on. I appreciate it. The the why behind the organization and kind of my role is to help facilitate the the coaching aspect of peak performance. So, you know, going out there and and really bringing in different strategies and then learning how to apply those strategies as a coach or as an athlete to themselves. And so we have these coaching calls that we run once a month. And we bring on an athlete and they share with us their issues or problems or challenges that they're going through. And then the, the founders and other coaches that join the call help this athlete with uh, different possible solutions that they could use in their own career. And it's been really cool. It's sort of like a, a, a group coaching call. Awesome. You know, the opposite, instead of having multiple, multiple athletes on the call where one person is coaching all of them, it's sort of the opposite where we have a lot of coaches on the call and they're coaching this one person. So it's really cool. Um, and definitely a lot of fun to be a part of. That's awesome. No, I appreciate that. And then also joining us, uh, Tamara Smallwood, I know that your role is, you know, part of the administrative management side and you come from an extensive background of athletics, like, like most of us and spent some time on the ski slopes, but I'd love to hear more about your why with Evo and how you're helping the organization. Yeah. So I was brought on uh, by Jennifer and as part of the administration's role, but through that, I've learned so much from uh, all the amazing founders and everyone on the team. It's been amazing, especially with my uh, like athletic background. I've never really been exposed to a lot of these practices. And so it's amazing now to kind of be able to introduce that into my, my athletic journey and see where it goes and like really see how it does blossom and help. And um, yeah, it's been quite amazing being a part of this team now. Excellent. And last and certainly not least, uh, is Amy Smith, who's the director of social change, equality and inclusion, have a little bit of a rugby background. I understand at Penn state, and that was part of my past life as well before, uh, the tennis court, but I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your why with Evo and the impact that you're making on the organization. Yeah. Thanks, Coleman. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Share with you all. Um, well, as Barry mentioned, there's 5 billion people playing or watching or haven't been involved in sport in some way. And there, I can't think of a better platform where that intersects 
uh, social justice and to bring about the issues of diversity and expansion and inclusion. So I'm here representing my own journey, but also representing the journey of so many others. And I, I think it's really fun to be a part of the evolution of that, you know, within this community and reflecting outwards into what's happening from day to day. So it's really fun to watch. And yes, here we are, uh, former rugby players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I space. <laughs> spent my time as a prop and definitely uh, found a way to get my head beat in every now and then. And it made me run to a tennis court sooner rather than later. So much respect that your career yeah, was a little same. bit extended more than mine. And you know, yeah. what's, it's, what's neat is as I'm uncovering these whys amongst, amongst the panel here, you know, now, it, Coleman, it, uh, one other thing, if I may add another, yeah. why, as Amy was saying, you know, there's something about sports that's different than many other things. And that is the graphic display of the extraordinary in front of your yeah. eyes every time you watch a sporting event and, you know, with the remarkable, you know, TVs that we have media access, the sound systems, it brings the sport and it brings what's happening to life right in front of our eyes. So you see these extraordinary moments. Now for us, it's important to be able to translate to people to give them a frame of reference. What is really going on? Right. Oh my God, what did I just see? So I think, you know, for us, uh, the, this organization is all about experiential practice. And so that's another reason why sport is so relevant. Yeah, I mean, Barry, that's so well said. And yes, with 4K TVs and just the technology these days, it, it makes you feel the moment in more ways than you could ever imagine. And where I resonate with my coaching background is in the element of, of, of youth sports, being in the high school sports sector for better part of 16 and a half years and giving back to really a generation where, yes, as much as sports is something that I believe is a building block of their life, it's my mission to make sure that they are going into that sport and coming out as young men and young women that can go lead once they're done with their respective sports. Because a lot of us here, we all know that eventually our athletic career will end and how do we continue to make an impact and how do we continue to give back and how do we really change the trajectory of people's lives through our athletic experience. And for the panel, I'd love for you guys to tell me a little bit more again about this concept of flow and how does flow help nurture to help these athletes to be a brighter future for tomorrow. Back in the way back 1978, I did something on the tennis court that got me in the zone. And I just went, oh, my God. I felt like I had found sort of this secret portal into a very, very, not a common place that we have all been, but someplace that we had all been as, as tennis players. And just playing in the zone was the ultimate experience. And here I had happened along a way, a way to get into the zone. And I showed the person that I was playing with what I was doing, and he got in the zone as well. And I went, um, did you just get in the zone too? And he goes, yeah, what's going on? And I said, I'm not exactly sure. You're the psychologist. He was a clinical psychologist. And I said, you tell me. And he said, we don't know. We really don't understand what causes this higher experience to happen. 
And so he gave me some books to read, and I started reading those, and I've been reading ever since, and also writing books about it, because everything that I was reading said that what I was doing was wrong. I wasn't supposed to be able to not focus on the ball and get in the zone in a, in a game where you're supposed to watch the ball and then hit it. No, I was watching this big imaginary window out in front of me that somehow or another got me in the zone. And I didn't know why back then, but as I kept doing it and kept teaching it and kept seeing more and more people have the same results, I started really getting interested in it. And that's where I started understanding a lot more about what's going on with flow and how flow itself is actually another word for being in the zone. And it's just something that is probably the most important state of being that we Uh can be in as an athlete because it puts us not only into a peak performance state, but it also puts us into this state of awareness of call. It's called non-dual awareness in which we are just more aware of everything. Our awareness expands not just to incorporate tennis, but it it also starts to build out into our lives as well, where we start to feel this flow in life as well as just flow in our sports. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Scott, I mean, and and Barry as well, you know, coinciding with this flow state, right. And Scott, by your grace and your wisdom, I was able to experience this on the tennis court and I was able to do some incredible things athletically because of flow state. But Barry, to your point, you know, athletes often experience these incredible moments of triumph and resilience when they're in this flow state. And I know you mentioned that we get to see that more than ever now in today's day and age. I'd love for you to share some examples of some extraordinary moments that come to mind for you that are impacted by flow state. Definitely. And if I uh, forget the topic, just please remind me because (laughs) I want to compliment Scott. Scott's too modest to say this, but you know, we've had a number of sports festivals. Scott's teaching. It's easily the hands down the most popular of any of the programs that we offer because he offers the direct live experience of dropping people right into that place Mm. very quickly. So he's got a remarkable set of practices that he's combined together. So, uh, but what I want to offer is this is another context, which is that for many of us, we consider the flow state to be the Holy grail, but perhaps the question is, where does the flow state come from? What's really the Holy grail? that flow state emerges from. So let's take it up another level, which is our ability to be in the moment, to be present. And when we are, it gives us full access to this expanded field of consciousness, which is when anything is possible and anything can happen, which is when you see the most remarkable things that you'll ever see happen over and over and over again. It's not just exceptional. It's not just uh, occurrence by occurrence. It happens consistently. That's what's interesting. We can't predict what it's going to be, but we see it right in front of our eyes. So the point is, is that this place that we all 
can live in, do live in, that in fact the supernormal is actually normal, mm. is attainable. And that flow is a derivative of being engaged and fully enmeshed in this field of consciousness. Now, the best example I can give you, Coleman, and uh, it's worth seeing. We did uh, had this on a call the other day. So I live in San Francisco. Uh, I love the Golden State Warriors. Clay Thompson had a quarter in which he broke the NBA record. He scored 37 points in a quarter. 37 mm. points in a game would be more than most people could hope for. So the video of this, and by the way, I was there in the audience. Nice. I was there in the crowd. Nice was so engaging, it was so energizing, and at some point, midway through the quarter, the crowd, including me and my wife, knew he was in the zone. He was on fire. It was magic. Mm. And the crowd stood on its feet for the rest of the quarter because they knew that they were witnessing history. They were participating in something that never had been happened before. The announcer got caught up in it. So, you know, the thing that happens with flow it's contagious, Coleman. Yeah. It's not just flow to an individual. It's flow and charisma to an entire crowd. Mm. And that's why, that's one of the reasons people go to see sports, by the way. They want to live in this place. They want to be part of this collective to experience something. And, and by the way, it's not relegated to just sports. Nope. People go to rock and roll concerts for the same reason. Man. People go to see ballet or music or art. They want to be in a community where they're experiencing life on a higher level. So at any rate, flow is very popular now for a, a variety of reasons. But I want to just emphasize what it really stands for. And I hope that was in part helpful to answering your question. I, I have another example about um, flow and presence. And so one of the questions also is like, how do you get into flow? Mm. And being present is definitely a key like Barry was saying and one of my clients that I work with is Sean Manai he pitches for the San Francisco Giants and Barry was actually at this game where Sean started it was just a just a few weeks ago now and in the first inning he goes out there and it was a really rough first inning he threw something like 30 something pitches and gave up a run and it did not look promising now the story behind the story is that after that first inning, Manaya went into the dugout and he starts to kind of take a step back from the moment and be like, okay, what's going on here right now? Why am I not in flow? Mm. And he simplified down his process to just, okay, I'm a little bit out of rhythm and I'm not staying on top of my slider. And so he went, and then he went from the don't zone to the do zone. And he was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? And he's like, okay, well, I want to have better rhythm out there on the, on the mound and then just stay on top of my slider a little bit more. So he simplified down his game plan mm. to just two things. And then the rest of the game, he was basically lights out. Um, so it's like simplifying down your process. And the one thing that Scott alluded to was this, this strategy for getting into flow, which he calls now on contact. And it was basically yeah. just that. I mean, it was him getting to his perfect leg lift. And then right from there was like, all right, now, or all right, stay on top of it. He had simplified down his process. And then, um, and then all of a sudden he was experiencing flow the, the rest of the game. Well, Tyler, I have to say what you're talking about underscores one of the inquiries. By the way, we don't come up with definitive, this is it. This is about inquiry, right. about learning from each other. 
but it's something Scott's been talking about for a long time and, and we have. So is it flow by chance or choice? Is it just happen and we have no understanding why? Or can you actually train into a flow state like you can train into anything else? It's an interesting mm. inquiry because if you can, and we believe you can through the um, adaptation of transformative practices, multiple practices, see, there isn't really any one practice. Right. It's different for everybody. Right. Uh, but by using these practices, it increases the opportunity for us to get into these higher states, this, this rarefied air. And tomorrow, I know you hopefully have uh, gotten some information, some teaching and some of the running that you've been doing. Maybe you could speak to that in terms yeah. of how it may have helped you. Yeah, it helped a lot. Um, mostly with my biking was how I kind of introduced it. Um, with Scott, we had a conversation about it and he gave me a couple of practices on how to kind of integrate it into my biking. And it was very, excited. my first time out, I remember being like, Oh my gosh, okay, what do I do? Like kind of stressed about it. <laughs> um, but I've gotten to the point now where it's, yeah, it's like, you can kind of recreate it, you know, your own kind of cues yep. and have to kind of enter the certain state. And I feel like it's just such a state of like connectedness with it's, rather than like you against the environment or you against your bike and against the road. It's like you working with your bike and the road. And I feel like it just gives yourself like so much power to kind of push through harder things. Um, Cause it's not just you anymore. It's like, you're just working with your environment and everything. It's quite a, quite a great feeling. And it's nice to be able to kind of replicate it and bring it into yeah, running or even just every other part of your life. It's quite powerful. What I like most about everyone's response there when it comes to getting into flow state when we're maybe out of flow state is something that I tap into a lot is positive affirmations. Everything that was said by each and every one of you was framed in a positive mindset. And Tyler, with your baseball reference, you and I both know if we go down the negative wormhole of, well, my, my leg kick isn't right, the ball's not coming, I stink, I'm no good – that immediately starts creating a physical outcome. And I'm just a big believer in the opportunity to positively, whether I'm coaching or whether I'm a player, that I'm always phrasing and positioning myself in a positive place. You know, Coleman, this is interesting. This is where East meets West. Because, like, for example, with meditation practice now, it's just become very popular through the advent of yoga. People have learned to develop a mantra. Yeah. It can be either visualization. It can be some words, some terms. So that when they get distracted, they go to their mantra and they come back. Mm. Well, this is what happens in sports, what Tyler described. Uh, what Tamara did. And by the way, Tamara, I'd love to have you tell us what it felt like, what actually happened. But the point is, as an athlete and as a human being, we are going to get distracted. We're human. Right. So how do you come back? Instead of beating ourselves up, as you said, to be positive, can we recognize that? So I have this phrase that in order to become conscious of being unconscious is consciousness. Aha, <laughs> uh -huh, yeah. I'm unconscious. Yeah. Most of us are so elevated that we don't get to that understanding. We can't get to that perspective. But if you can recognize, oh, my God, I'm unconscious, 
Well, then what? Can we bring in a mantra? Can we bring in a transformative practice, a skillful practice, and bring us right back to that place that we're already in? So what did you take tomorrow from Scott's teaching? And I mean, how did it affect you? How did it actually change your performance? So that was kind of what you were just touching on. Um, it's really interesting because Scott talked a lot about like eyes. Like it was like where you're kind of looking, you kind of like almost go into this weird trance yeah. <laughs> with your eyes. When he does um, it, I'm like, dude, like, why are you double vision in me? What's going on here? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then also like Greg, one of our other founders, his tapping, and it's just the oh. physical kind of cues that it's like, okay, you're ready. Breathing as well, I find helps a lot with like just preparing to get into that kind of state. But I find it's like, a, it's just very calm which is usually like, especially when you tap into it, it's usually when you're kind of either struggling or really need to like mentally push yourself. Um, and that's when it's the most powerful because then you enter this weird state of calm in this really hard portion of the bike or when you're struggling with your baseball. And then it like, it just allows you to like, just take a second and just prepare yourself and work in your mind. It's great. It's incredible. I love that. And what resonates with me and and Amy, I see you shaking your head too, is I know you've been part of some groups where culture and environment are important to have flow state, right? And I know that you've seen some situations where it might've been toxic or not ideal and that you're an advocate to make sure that flow state and culture and environments and team organizations is always in place. So as we talk through this, what resonates with you as far as flow state in those environments? Absolutely. And, you know, as Tamara said earlier, it's like, well, I, I wasn't aware of these things when I was playing rugby or baseball or football and making those connections now to what I was doing then. It's like, oh, so that's what that was. And so bringing it forward to develop the learning and the expansion of, of what this all is and allowing that to be in other parts of life is fascinating to me. Mm. And so being able, and what you said earlier, Coleman, about part of your mission is to be a leader for, for young men and young women and the kids growing up into to being leaders. And it's not just sport. It's every a aspect of life that we touch. Right. And I think, I think that is the most exciting for me. So, you know, uh, Tyler has such a great opportunity you know, he's in these universities and working with professional athletes, you know, being able to go beyond that, that performance state into, well, this is affecting life too. And to be able to start to respond instead of react and to be able to see things in a different light that we have the impact in just the smallest of ways. Sport is an amplification of all of that. But we do go back to our, our everyday lives, our mundane yeah. lives that aren't as exciting as being on a bike or a rower or whatever it is that we're doing that, you know, this isn't a, a siloed experience that right. we have this. We have this as a tool for life, for being better humans, to expanding not only our individual consciousness, but the collective consciousness and coming into that that unitive state. So I find that, you know, very exciting. It's not all 
sunshine and rainbows, you know, whether you're on a, a, a field or a pitch or, you know, in yeah. a parking lot or at work. <laughs> and so being able to go through the highs and lows of everything and come back into that state. So whether it's a lift kick or, you know, I'm just really irritated at the moment right. <laughs> that I'm not doing the best job that I can, it's coming back into, into that connectedness. But I, you know, I, I think it's, it's powerful before beyond that we can even, even articulate on this call. You know, it's just, it's very exciting, very expansive. Well, Amy deserves a big pat on the back because she's taken the lead on our social change and social justice movement and diversity. Mm. And it's so important because uh, it's really through diversity that we learn so much about ourselves. Right. And, uh, you know, part of Evo is to understand this concept Scott was talking about non-dual consciousness or unity consciousness, Coleman, because that's what we enter into. Now, tomorrow is this uh, talking about this field of oneness, which is, in my view, where the world is headed. We're not there right now. Mm. We're into, we're in, in the completely opposite place of uh, of not just celebrating our diversity, but our differences, but agitating over it. When in fact, the the higher consciousness is to understand the similarities that we share. So the social justice movement is so incredibly important uh, to be able to do that. And athletes, in particular name athletes, have an incredible voice in being able to make a statement that can uh, be a shot heard around the world. Simone Biles did it. Naomi Osaka did it. I mean, a lot of people do that. And, And so athletes also need to rise to their level of responsibility to understand they really are a role model. I heard a couple of athletes go, Hey man, I'm no role. I don't want to be a role model. And my response was, dude, you don't have a choice. Yeah, You are a role model. I completely Own agree. It. Yeah. Own it and do something good with it. But Amy deserves a uh, credible shout out for the work she's doing. Uh, thank you, Barry. Also Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer was spearheading the, the movement and dragged me along. Willingly, <laughs> but thank you. And you know, to your to your point, Barry, it's like I just heard Alexis Ohanian say, "Look to your role models. What are they doing?" Mm. You know. So why is Brady involved in the Aces? Why is uh, the Mahomes family involved with the the Kansas City Current? It's like they they see they see the progress, they see the change, and they want to be a part of it. And I think that's a differentiator too. You know, there's a lot of lip service in this world, but embodying that action behind that lip service is, I think, more important of of a reflection of that that we're seeing now. That has been the progress that I've seen over over my, you know, tenure. But uh, you know, I find that very encouraging. Um, and we we were on a call with the Gist. Um, Tamara brought on a friend of hers from school who's involved with the Gist. And I just loved that conversation so much because it was, I don't know, it was just a whole new generation of thinking and being and embracing in a way that that wasn't, it was within that flow, it wasn't within that resistance. Mm. And I, it's just, um, and I, I don't know, it's just very encouraging and very hopeful. Yeah, no, that's well said and incredibly encouraging. And I know, Scott, it looks like you have some feedback as well. Yeah, I know that. We've all been around for quite a while in in um, in sports. Some of us longer than others, and 
I know in my own case, I've been fortunate enough to be in the coaching aspect as well as the performance aspect of tennis for almost 60 years now. And one of the things that happens is that you get a chance to see the evolution of the game as well as the evolution of the mindset of the players. Mm. And I know when I got started, particularly in coaching, all we coached was biomechanics and sound ground strokes. And just the whole idea was teach the person to play the game correctly and then send them out to practice and they will get better just through competition. Well, that was, that was fine, but what it didn't explain why all of a sudden one player would just blow up and go out of the zone, go into the zone and totally outplay the other player who was his equal or her equal when they first walked out on the court. The, the coaching industry kind of pushed that to the side and said, well, it's just something that happens. You can't train it. It just happens. Well, back then, that's all that was going on. And even the people who were coming into sports psychology at the time were saying, no, you can't train flow because it is a selfless state. Ah. Self-will cannot control a selfless state. And I was out there doing it all the time, going, what's what's wrong with that view of being able to get in the zone? And as it turns out, you can, in fact, create flow by choice, as Barry was saying, instead of what we always used to do is just go out and every once in a while in a tournament, I'd get in the zone. And I never knew when. I was always hoping it would be in the finals, but <laughs> a lot of times it was in the semis and I'd play really well and then I wouldn't have it the next day in the finals. So it was it was very iffy back then. And then once I started doing this, it just happened to be at the same time stuff was going on out in California with Michael Murphy and there was things going on with Ken Wilbur in the in, here in the in Colorado yeah. that had to do with this emergence of this integral stage of human development which is part of what's going on right now. The younger people in, on this call, you guys are all part of the integral stage. You just got into it right away. It was just getting started back in the 60s when Barry and I were around, Mike Murphy was around, Ken Wilbur was around. These were the people who were real pioneers of this, um, this higher consciousness that was emerging. In tennis, it was a guy named Timothy Galway who brought in the inner game of tennis. Oh, yeah. And more or less a Zen approach to tennis that was just getting started in the West. So over the last 50 or 60 years, we've seen such a change and such an evolution in the, in the whole consciousness of sport. And I think tennis is one of those sports that really is right out there at the leading edge of all of it. And a lot of it is just because you hit the ball back and forth so many thousands and thousands and thousands of times, you're going to get in the zone sooner or later. And then how did I do that? That question has been on the tips of the tongues of every coach who's ever been in the zone or seen somebody else in the zone. It's like, what in the hell just happened? Right. And how can we do it again? And I appreciate, and we're yeah. Answering, yeah. We're answering that question, those questions now 
with the stuff that we're doing with Evo Sports. Yeah, and that's what I appreciate, Scott, is kind of, again, I believe I've started this podcast with the question of, of a why question, because I believe if, if we have a well-established why, it can overcome any how. And that's what I want to dive into next is really the principles, the the principles of Evo Sports and how that's guiding individuals to find balance, purpose, and fulfillment in various aspects of their lives. I'd love for the founders to talk us through some of those principles and how they're being implemented to get to that flow state. Perhaps I can give you a little overview without the specificity. Oh, we can get there too. But, yeah. you know, I think that there's multiple approaches that Evo stands on. For example, theory and philosophy, worldviews, the exchange of ideas that we're doing right now in this call, incredibly important. And uh, it shifts all the time. It shifts our consciousness. I mean, at one point, everybody thought the world was flat. We weren't there. I, I was going to say to remember that, but I don't think we were there. It was a, But, you know, I, if I was living in that time and age, I would be afraid of stepping off the edge and falling. Right. But everybody bought into that theory, and then all of a sudden, the Galileo effect came along, and boom. Jeez, the earth is round. Wow. And then, <laughs> wait a minute. It's not the center of the solar system. The sun is. So the point is, is that when these, cha- when these things change, when these worldviews change, consciousness changes. Mm. Big change. And uh, so part of this is theory, philosophy, et cetera. It's backed by science. Mm. The importance of validating information because it helps us. Some of the things we talk about are out there. Uh, People would call them woo-woo. Well, sometimes you got to start with woo-woo until science comes along and validates it as an afterthought. But science is really important. So those are two things. The third are practices, Coleman. You have to have good practices that go along to support these worldviews and embody them. How do they realize? This is what sports does. Now, uh, we use the term transformative practices, which are basically a complex and coherent series of activities that produce a positive benefit to an individual or a group. Anything can be a transformative practice. Everything that everybody on this call is talking about can be a transformative practice. Love making. Uh, writing a letter, it doesn't matter what it is, it's how it's done. And then lastly, community. So that's why we are now a collective. Community Mm. and the understanding of community and what it really represents, this unitive nature that we all are a part of, uh, is really key. And the understanding of embracing, embracing community, that we are not separate, that we are part of something. We came from it. We live in it, we'll pass back into it. So hopeful that's helpful. And Scott, anything you'd like to add as far as that goes? Yeah, sure. You know, the this community that Barry is talking about, I never knew anybody else was out there doing the stuff that I was doing. And I felt very alone for a very long uh-huh. time. And I know that the names that I was called by my fellow professionals, I won't repeat on this podcast, but... Um, it just felt made me feel like I was out there on my own and it was scary. And I eventually came across because of David Megacy, this group. And I felt like 
hey, here's some some people that are doing the same thing I'm doing, and they're not crazy. And so maybe I'm not crazy either, no matter what the other people in my profession were saying. So through this community, I found the strength to continue on with my own investigation of this non-dual state of being, which we call a zone. And you know that so much of what's done in sport is done dualistically. It's me versus you, me, my team versus your team, us versus them, self versus other. Everything about sport goes to this dualistic conflict between two. And non-dualism is where the two are no longer divided they become unified they collaborate instead of competing against each other they compete with each other and those are the kinds of philosophies that have been a part of evo sports since it got started and it was part of my philosophy and i didn't even know it yeah. because it was just happening through experience where i was experiencing this unity consciousness that barry's talking about and then sharing it with other people and seeing the profound effect that it would have not only on their play, but I had one father come back to me and he said, Scott, I don't know what you're doing with my daughter, but she started making her bed when she got up in the <laughs> helping out with the housework yep. and all of the stuff. And I'm going, Hey, I don't know, man. It's just, I'm showing her how to get in the zone and the rest of it is just her. So there are things that happen outside of the court, outside of the competitive field, where there's this this holdover, this part of it that just kind of keeps expanding into the rest of our lives. And every aspect of our lives eventually gets permeated by this unitive awareness of what's going on. We're all one. There's not just a bunch of us that are different. Yes, there are, but we're all similar as well. And Evo Sports brings out the similarities along with inclusion of our differences, as Amy was saying. You know, uh, Goldman, one more thing I'd like to add, and that is it's also manifest in our model. Because we have multiple teachers and multiple leaders. This isn't a guru type of practice. Mm -hmm. We all learn from each other. We're a learning community. And so uh, we, we bring in, and, you know, there's another concept called trans, uh, transcend and include. We absorb the information that's been given and it allows us to elevate and to bring out our own stuff, bring that into our own perhaps new iteration of this. But the idea of sharing a practice and sharing a community is really important. Yeah, and I just am so inspired by that. And I believe that one thing that resonated with what Scott said to me recently is sometimes competition is very ego focused, but when you are in flow state and you're part of a group or a collaborative effort of flow state, that it's no longer competition. It's a collaboration. And I find that truly impactful, not only in the arena of sport, but how that equates to what we're doing each and every day in our lives. And that really leads me to, you know, one last question as we've really developed a, an awesome foundation of, of Evo Sports and its mission and its desire to make change. And I'd love, whether it's the panel or the founders, to speak to where do you see the future of how Evo is going to impact each and every person? And kind of like what Amy was saying earlier, it's just such a 
key skill to have in your toolkit for just confidence to tackle like hard things and push yourself, not just like in sports, but every aspect of your life. So I think that really, especially as we kind of grow and um, continue partnering with different companies and expanding and sharing our words with everybody, it's um, very exciting to kind of see these people bring on these skills and yeah, build up the confidence to really like push themselves and achieve amazing things. Love it. Thank you, Tamara. It's awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Ladies first with Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Um, Thank you. Uh, You know, for from my perspective, I think the collaboration part is huge. And what Mm. what Barry and Scott were alluding to earlier, going from the me to the we and coming into that unit of space for for performance, for expanding social justice, for including our differences and so on and so forth to be better athletes and better people um, and not reinventing the wheel, but just coming together as one big wheel <laughs> and forwarding that progress as we move along. Excellent. Thank you so much, Amy. Tyler, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, the future of Evo sports, I think is just continuing to reach out and um, include as many people as possible to this because the people that have come into it, I think like the testimonials alone really show how great this stuff is these different strategies and techniques that that we talk about to elevate your game in sport and then also outside of sport in your regular life you know like your sport is just what you do it's not necessarily who you are Um, and it is a platform for you to express yourself and then help elevate others um, in the process and so the more people that get on these calls with us or join the different avenues that we have they'll they'll see themselves elevate not in sport alone but also in their life so that's kind of where i see the future going just more people getting involved i appreciate that and i know that we're going to go to barry and scott here in just a sec with some closing remarks but for the rest of the panel you know i want to kind of coincide the mission of the btb project with evo sports and how it's so awesome to have this collaboration because i come from a background of kind of having the types of coaches that didn't uh, necessarily inspire me or encourage me to do what I would like to do. And I had very big goals and dreams and aspirations. I had a lot of uh, kind of negativity and self-doubt and some personal things that I was going through. And I just desperately wanted a coach to sit there and say, how can I help? And through that, I've been able to develop a mission to be not only the coach like I wanted to have, but also instill a mindset into the BTB community of impossible is nothing. I truly believe that through collaboration, through positive affirmation, through obviously putting in the work and you know finding respective flow state, that any monumental feat can be overcome. So... I'd love for you guys individually to maybe share what is impossible is nothing mean to you and how does that coincide with your collaboration with Evo? Impossible is not that. We are capable of doing so much more when we get outside of our egos and we become who we really can be. I always look at the difference between playing in the norm versus playing in the zone and playing in the norm to me is playing with ego yeah as playing in the zone is playing with soul Mm. 
we all talk about musicians who play with soul or dancers who dance with soul. Athletes can also perform with soul. And when we let our souls take over our performance, that's when we're in the zone and that's when we are our best selves, our highest selves. And with that, anything is possible. We don't even know what humans will be doing in the future when it comes to sports, energy, and consciousness. I know from my part that I'm looking at the future of Evo Sports right here. You are the people who are going to take this forward. Barry and I are passing on, as are the rest of the founders of Evo Sport. We're passing on to you what was passed on to us through whatever means. And to be able to sit here and look at the people on this call and Tamara and Amy and Tyler, the younger generation is the generation that is going to take this forward into the world. We're getting it out into Evo Sports Collective. You're going to take Evo Sports Collective out to the world. And that to me, that just is, I, I almost get tears in my eyes whenever I think about the intelligence and the drive and the the morals and the ethics of you people who are taking from us everything that we have and you're going to give it out to the world. I am so happy to be a part of this. And it's what my life is really about. And I love to share it with others because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, playing in the zone is way more fun (laughs) than playing in the norm. That's awesome, Scott. No, I love that. And I mean, Tamara, Tyler, Amy, and Scott is working through that is there anything that resonates with with you guys as being part of that younger generation yeah i think that at least for at least for me one thing that popped to mind was like uh i used to be a runner and i think a lot of runners go through this when they first start they're like oh i I ran a mile that was awesome and then you run two miles and then you run six miles and then you maybe do a half marathon or a marathon and then in uh, for myself, I continued to push myself because I I was wanting to find out what is the limit, you know, and so I did a 50 miler, then I did a 100 miler. And during that 100 miler, I had this realization. I'm like, I got to mile 78. And I was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to finish this. But what I realized, I never do another one because I was done after that. <laughs> but what I realized is I'm like, okay, anything is possible as long as you put your mind to it. And ah. so um, I think that's one thing that uh, Scott was alluding to is like, you know, when you put your mind to it, you you can figure out these different strategies and and that you can put into life to get whatever result it is that you want. Um, it really comes down to that. Like, what do you want? And then figure out the strategy to, to get what you want. And that's where Evo sports comes into play is that we help with giving those strategies, uh, passing on those strategies to other athletes and coaches so that you can get more of what you want in your sport and in life and do it in a fulfilling way. You know, Tyler, that sounds like a good bumper sticker, making the impossible (laughs) possible. Yeah. I like that. I want to comment on everybody else's comment as well, because uh, my roots go back to the human potential movement. 
Uh, it was brought forth by uh, a number of people, including George Leonard and Michael Murphy, who were considered to be some of the godfathers of it. But that movement stated that we're really using a small part of our potential. So the part that we're not using is the impossible, uh, that we, there's so much more. Now, the interesting part was it never really discussed, well, how can you bring out your potential? That's where this work, the integral movement, is so relevant because it shows us how to take the ways and means and steps and leaps and bounds and become that more realized person. So the idea of the human potential is reson it resonates in me th throughout everything I do. And with respect to sports, it's one of the great displays of the human potential. Now, let's consider the fact that we're living in a golden era of sports. It's more popular uh, than ever before. It, there's more records being broken. There's more remarkable performances than anyone has ever seen. Why? For a variety of factors. But you can see its popularity is going to continue into the future. And so when we talk about, Coleman, the future, sports is, is gaining momentum. Right. And, uh, for example, look at the consolidation of the football conferences oh. throughout the United States. That's not just a happenstance type of thing. It's because certain visionaries and businessmen recognize the future of sports. And also, by the same token, the, uh, the athletes, you know, the, the whole likeness uh, movement, another huge expansion for athletes. Why? Because it's headed in a certain trajectory. It's becoming more of our culture, for better or worse. So uh, what do I see? Well, I see that um, we have an opportunity to have a, a real role yeah. in shaping the messages that sports offer, not just drink Budweiser beers because you think that that's what represents having a good time. Right. But what's it like to actually win and lose? And what's it like to compete? Is If it really means, the true meaning of it, by the way, is, is competitary, it means to strive together. Uh -huh. It means to bring out the best. And you see that in athletic competition when athletes shake each other's hand and recognize. And I've had people, the athletes say this to me, you brought out the best in me. So it wasn't like just beat this other person down, but can we really elevate each other? And I think that's part of our evolving nature. We're homo sapiens sentient people. Right now we're homo sapiens sapiens. So does, is there an actual speciation change that occurs? Can we become more divine? Can we realize our, our human potential? Well, that's the promise of life in general and for us sports as a vehicle to get us there. So uh, I love what Scott said about the future because the coaches and the trainers, the players, the participants of today, you're tomorrow's teachers. Yeah. You're tomorrow's mentors. So may we teach each other well. Thanks. So well said, Barry, and really everyone here on the Evo Sports Collective. I'm just so humbled and honored uh, to bring the BTB project to a collaboration, to a mutual effort, to be tremendous teachers, to pay the mission forward. And I'm just really excited for the future and what's ahead and I will make sure that in the podcast notes that uh, the Evo Sports Collective website is there, where to find each and every one of these individuals, how to become more involved through master classes and awesome content and membership that allows you to really uncover 
a tremendous amount of resources, a tremendous amount of knowledge base that allows each and every one of us to get 1% better. And with that said, I would like to thank Tamara, Scott, Tyler, Amy, Barry. Thank you so much today for joining the BTB Project. Thanks, Coleman. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Coleman. Appreciate you guys. What a privilege to be able to connect with Evo Sports Collective and introduce you to a movement, in my opinion, that's changing lives of so many individuals by learning about awakening, sustaining, and stabilizing an energetic state of flow. The mission to translate wisdom of flow and the sports ideals performance state into a consistently reproduced state of body, mind, heart, and soul is what they believe will change our own consciousness. And we have the ability to change the world through our actions and interactions. The founders and the team really shed light on a lot of awesome talking points when it comes to how we can prove each and every day. And through that, I'm grateful for the collaboration and for what's to come to head as I, myself, and the BTB Project will be joining Evo Sports Collective as part of a collaboration and ongoing effort to spread flow state, to instill wisdom through coaching, through this platform, and I can't wait for you as a listener to be impacted. Listen, if this collaboration with Evo Sports and today's podcast impacted your life, do me a favor, like and subscribe to the BTB Project. Better yet, shoot the episode over to a friend, family, or colleague, and tell them why it impacted you. Let them know that you have a resource for them that could truly help them, and let them know where to find it. I'm proud of each and every one of you, and I'm so excited for the mission that's being paid forward, and until next time, impossible's nothing, and take care. Your soul, I'll be your heart, temptation.